Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Jesus forgave us of all sin, past, present, and even future sin. Andrew brought good news to me. I could understand the Bible more the way he taught it. Jesus forgave you one time, and that's for everything. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Tuesday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today, I'm continuing to teach a series that I've entitled Lessons from Elijah. I have a book on this, CDs, DVDs, a study guide, a lot of material, and this is now into my third week of teaching on this. I'm right in the middle of this series. I hadn't got time to go back and, and teach everything that I've already said over the last two weeks, but I tell you, it was powerful. If you've missed this, you've missed a blessing. You really have. This has influenced my life in a powerful way, and I've heard so many other people talk about how God has used this to bless them too. So please, if you have missed any of this, or even if you've heard it, I encourage you to get the teaching so that you could go back over it, so that you could share it with other people. You can not only get the copies of these things that we're offering right here, but you can go to my website, and you can get this as a free download. I'm not trying to raise money. I'm just trying to get this truth out because this truth has changed my life, and I know it has the power to change your life. We are right in the middle of this teaching, and yesterday I was ending in 1 Kings chapter 18. After Elijah put this contest with the prophets of Baal, he called down fire from heaven. He killed all of the prophets of Baal. Then he told Ahab to get into his chariot and head for home because he heard the sound of abundance of rain. And you've got to remember that there hadn't been rain for over 1,200 days. Elijah called for a drought, and there hadn't been any rain or even dew. I mean, it was a severe drought. And here is Elijah saying, you better hurry home because the rain is coming today, right now. That was a tremendous statement of faith. And there's a lot of people that would like to have the results that Elijah has, but they don't want to take... Uh, the risk that Elijah had. They don't want to step out and say, Thus saith the Lord, and speak forth their faith. They want to pray in their prayer closet and just wait until God does something, and then when it happens, stand up and say, I prayed for that. That's not how it works. You've got to use faith. You've got to step out in faith to see the supernatural power of God operate. So Elijah prophesied that there was going to be the end of the drought, and an abundance of rain before there was any evidence of it. There wasn't even a cloud in the sky. So it says here in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 42, it says, So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. You know, I can picture this as he's just sitting on the ground with his head between his knees, and he's interceding, and he's already prophesied that there is going to be rain, but now there is more to it. You can't just speak forth your faith. You also have to let God flow through you. God flows through people. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. And most people just put a period right there. But it goes on to say, according to the power that works in us. We have to let God flow through us. God always uses a person. 
I'VE GOT A SERIES ENTITLED THE AUTHORITY OF THE BELIEVER THAT WILL EXPLAIN THIS IN DETAIL, BUT GOD CREATED THIS WORLD AND TURNED IT OVER TO PEOPLE, AND GOD WOULD BE UNJUST TO HIS OWN COMMANDS. HE WOULD HAVE TO BREAK HIS OWN WORD IF HE JUST MOVED INDEPENDENT OF PEOPLE. NO, HE SAID HE GAVE US AUTHORITY OVER THIS EARTH. IT'S UNDER OUR DOMINION, AND GOD HAS TO FLOW THROUGH US ACCORDING TO THE POWER THAT WORKS IN US. SO ELIJAH SPOKE HIS FAITH THAT THE DROUGHT WAS GOING TO END, BUT THEN HE HAD TO GET INTO PRAYER AND IN PRAYER BUILD HIS FAITH AND LET GOD FLOW THROUGH HIM. IN VERSE 43, IT SAYS, AND HE SAID TO HIS SERVANT, GO UP NOW AND LOOK TOWARDS THE SEA. AND HE WENT UP AND LOOKED AND SAID, THERE IS NOTHING. AND HE SAID, GO AGAIN SEVEN TIMES. IN OTHER WORDS, ELIJAH WAS PRAYING FOR THE END OF THE DROUGHT. FOR THE END OF THE DROUGHT, THERE HAD TO BE CLOUDS, THERE HAD TO BE RAIN. AND SO HE WAS PRAYING, AND HE SENT HIS SERVANT AND SAYS, LOOK AND SEE IF THERE'S ANY EVIDENCE OF WHAT I BELIEVE IS HAPPENING IN THE SPIRITUAL REALM. THERE EVENTUALLY HAS TO BE SOME PHYSICAL EVIDENCE OF IT. THERE HAS TO BE CLOUDS, THERE HAS TO BE RAIN. AND SO HE SENT HIS SERVANT TO SEE IF ANYTHING WAS HAPPENING. YOU KNOW, WHEN I PRAY FOR PEOPLE, I DON'T ALWAYS DO THIS BECAUSE NOW I USE OUR PRAYER MINISTERS, our, OUR STUDENTS THAT PRAY AT MY MEETINGS, AND I DON'T PHYSICALLY PRAY FOR THAT MANY PEOPLE ANYMORE. BUT BACK WHEN IT WAS JUST ME AND I WOULD PRAY WITH PEOPLE, I WOULD EXPECT TO SEE VISIBLE RESULTS WHEN I PRAYED WITH A PERSON THAT HAD LIKE PAIN IN THEIR BODY OR A TUMOR OR SOMETHING LIKE THAT. AND I WOULD PRAY, AND I WOULD RELEASE MY FAITH, AND THEN I WOULD ASK THEM. I SAID, SO DO YOU HAVE ANY uh, PAIN LEFT, OR DO YOU SEE A DIMINISHING OF YOUR PAIN? THAT'S A VERY SIMILAR THING TO WHAT uh, ELIJAH WAS DOING RIGHT HERE. YOU COULD DO THAT IN UNBELIEF. IF ELIJAH WAS PRAYING AND SAYING, GO SEE IF GOD HAS ANSWERED MY PRAYER, WELL, THEN THAT WOULD BE UNBELIEF, BECAUSE YOU HAVE TO BELIEVE THAT GOD IS ANSWERING YOUR PRAYER WHEN YOU PRAY, NOT WHEN YOU SEE IT. THAT'S EXACTLY WHAT MARK CHAPTER 11, VERSE 24 SAYS. WHATSOEVER THINGS YOU DESIRE WHEN YOU PRAY, BELIEVE THAT YOU RECEIVE THEM, AND IT'S IMPLIED, BELIEVE THAT YOU RECEIVE THEM WHEN YOU PRAY, AND THEN YOU SHALL HAVE THEM IN THE FUTURE. YOU HAVE TO BELIEVE YOU RECEIVE WHEN YOU PRAY, NOT JUST WHEN YOU SEE IT. BUT DOES THAT MEAN THAT YOU JUST IGNORE THE PHYSICAL REALM? WELL, LET ME SAY IT THIS WAY. THERE IS MORE FAITH INVOLVED. LET'S, let's JUST SAY THAT YOU GOT A PAIN IN YOUR WRIST OR SOMETHING, AND SO you, you, YOU PRAY AND YOU SAY, FATHER, I BELIEVE THAT I RECEIVE. AND THEN IT'S MORE FAITH TO JUST LIKE PUT YOUR WRIST BEHIND YOU. AND uh, I HAD A GANGLION CYST ONE TIME RIGHT HERE ON MY ARM THAT STOOD UP, AND I WAS PRAYING FOR IT. AND FOR a, a PERIOD OF WEEKS, I WOULD JUST PRAY, AND THEN I'D KIND OF IGNORE IT. I COULDN'T FEEL IT, AND I WOULD JUST IGNORE IT. I HAD A WATCH BAND THAT FIT OVER THAT CYST, AND I DIDN'T HAVE TO REALLY LOOK AT IT, BUT IT JUST KEPT GROWING, AND IT EVENTUALLY GOT SO BIG THAT I COULDN'T IGNORE IT. BUT WHAT I'D DO, I'D JUST PRAY AND TRY AND RELEASE MY FAITH, AND THEN I'D KIND OF STICK MY HAND BEHIND MY BACK AND NOT PAY ATTENTION TO IT. WELL, THAT'S MORE FAITH THAN PRAYING AND LOOKING AND SAYING, WELL, NOTHING HAPPENED, IT DIDN'T WORK. SO IT'S MORE FAITH TO TRY AND IGNORE IT, BUT I BELIEVE THAT THE GREATEST FAITH IS WHEN YOU KNOW THAT GOD HAS ANSWERED YOUR PRAYERS, YOU'VE GOT THIS, AND THEN YOU CAN LOOK RIGHT AT THE PROBLEM. IF YOU'VE GOT A CYST RIGHT HERE, YOU LOOK AT IT AND SAY, LOOK, YOU ARE CURSED, YOU'VE GOT TO LEAVE, AND YOU CAN LOOK IT SQUARE IN THE FACE AND STAND AGAINST IT AND COMMAND, TAKE YOUR AUTHORITY AND COMMAND IT TO RESPOND. 
And so I remember that I eventually came to a place where I just looked at that thing and started praying in tongues and releasing my faith. And by the next morning, that thing was totally gone. It's never come back. I believe that that's what Elijah was doing right here. You, you've got, I could spend more time on this. I'm not going to teach on it in its entirety, but there is a place for praying and then just casting your care about it over on the Lord and forgetting about it because you believe that you received and that's it. But if Satan is persisting and fighting against you, there is a place for you to stand against that thing. If it's financial problems, to look right at your bank account and command that thing to change. And then you, you start standing and, and until you see the physical results. There's a place to do that. And that's what Elijah was doing right here. Seven times he sent his servant to go and, and see if there was any clouds. Look over, look at this in James chapter 5. In verse 17, it says, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Notice in verse 18, he prayed again. It didn't say that he prayed again and again and again and again seven times like it's recorded over in 1 Kings. In other words, it was just one prayer. Elijah didn't pray and say, God, have you answered my prayer and sent his servant? And the servant says, nope, there's no clouds, there's nothing. And so he came back and said, God, you didn't answer my prayer the first time. Now I'm asking you again. If that would have been the way he would have done it, that would have been unbelief. He would have been voiding his prayer. Likewise, if you pray and ask for like healing over and over and over again, well, then you didn't believe that you received when you prayed, Mark chapter 11, verse 24. You didn't believe what that verse was instructing us to do the first time you prayed or you wouldn't have prayed a second time. But there is also a time to say, I believe that I received but my physical body hasn't fully responded yet. Satan is hindering this. I'm saying some things right here. I wished I had time to explain this fully. I've got a teaching entitled What to Do When Your Prayers Seem Unanswered that would explain this completely, taking the book of Daniel, chapter 9 and chapter 10. It would be unbelief if you say, Father, you didn't answer my prayer, so I'm praying again. Now answer my prayer. That would be unbelief. But if you pray and say, Father, I know that you've answered my prayer, but Satan is hindering this. There is a, a period of time in between when God moves and when you see the physical answer. And if Satan is involved, he can delay that. And if you are praying with that attitude, saying, Father, I believed I received, but I, it hadn't manifest yet. And so Satan somehow or another is hindering this thing. And I just continue to stand. And you can stand and you can pray with that attitude a hundred times. If you pray for a healing and then you come to me and say, well, I prayed and God didn't answer my prayer, but maybe if you pray, God will answer your prayer. Well, then see, that's unbelief. You didn't believe that you received when you prayed. But if you pray and you believe that you receive, but you're still having some problems, you're still having some symptoms, and if you come to me and say, look, I know that God has healed me and I know that the healing is in the pipeline. My body is getting better, but would you agree with me and just agree that what God has given me, whatever the hindrances, whatever the barriers are, that those things will be broken down. 
IF YOU CAME TO ME AND ASKED THAT WAY, WELL, THEN I'LL PRAY WITH YOU, AND THAT'S FINE. BUT IF YOU COME TO ME AND SAY, WELL, I PRAYED AND IT DIDN'T WORK, NOW WOULD YOU PRAY AND SEE IF IT'LL WORK? WELL, THEN THAT'S TOTAL UNBELIEF ON YOUR PART. SO YOU CAN CONTINUE TO PRAY ABOUT SOMETHING UNTIL YOU receive, SEE RESULTS AS LONG AS YOU BELIEVE THAT GOD HAS ALREADY MOVED, IT'S IN THE PIPELINE, IT'S IN THE WORKS, AND YOU ARE JUST PRAYING AND STANDING ON THAT FIRST PRAYER THAT YOU PRAYED. THAT'S WHAT ELIJAH DID. RIGHT HERE IT IMPLIES THAT HE PRAYED AGAIN, NOT AGAIN AND AGAIN AND AGAIN. HE ONLY PRAYED ONE TIME, AND YET THAT ONE TIME, DURING THAT ONE TIME OF PRAYER, HE SENT HIS uh, SERVANT SEVEN TIMES TO LOOK AND SEE IF THERE WAS A CLOUD. AND FINALLY, THE SERVANT CAME BACK IN VERSE 44 AND SAID, BEHOLD, THERE ARISETH A LITTLE CLOUD OUT OF THE SEA LIKE A MAN'S HAND. AND HE SAID, GO UP, SAY UNTO AHAB, PREPARE THY CHARIOT, GET THEE DOWN THAT THE RAIN STOP THEE NOT. YOU KNOW, I'VE BEEN TO MOUNT CARMEL. I'VE STOOD IN THIS EXACT PLACE, AND YOU CAN LOOK OUT OVER THE MEDITERRANEAN SEA, AND THE DAY THAT I WAS THERE, IT WAS A DAY THAT WAS COMPLETELY CLEAR. THERE WASN'T A CLOUD IN THE SKY. AND I REMEMBER STANDING THERE AND REMEMBERING THESE SCRIPTURES AND LOOKING, AND AS I LOOKED OUT OVER THE MEDITERRANEAN SEA, I SAW A LITTLE TINY CLOUD ABOUT THE SIZE OF A MAN'S HAND. I MEAN, I BELIEVE THAT THIS IS EXACTLY THE WAY IT WAS WHEN ELIJAH WAS PRAYING HERE, AND IT JUST WAS SO SMALL AND INSIGNIFICANT, AND YET WHEN HE SAW THE VERY FIRST PHYSICAL SIGN OF WHAT HE ALREADY KNEW IN HIS HEART, MAN, THAT WAS SUFFICIENT. IT WAS LIKE, YOU KNOW, A DAM, AND ONCE YOU SEE THE CRACK IN THE DAM AND A LITTLE LEAK COMING THROUGH, YOU KNOW THAT IT'S DONE FOR. IT'S JUST A MATTER OF TIME UNTIL THE WHOLE THING BREAKS AND ALL OF THAT WATER COMES THROUGH. THIS IS THE WAY THAT ELIJAH WAS. HE ONLY PRAYED ONE TIME, BUT HE SENT HIS SERVANTS SEVEN TIMES. HE WAS DOING BATTLE AGAINST THIS DROUGHT. AND ONCE HE SAW THE the BEGINNING OF THE ANSWER TO HIS PRAYER, THIS CLOUD THE SIZE OF A MAN'S HAND, HE TOLD HIS SERVANT TO GO TELL AHAB, YOU BETTER GET IN YOUR CHARIOT AND HEAD FOR HOME AS QUICK AS YOU CAN, BECAUSE I HEAR THE SOUND OF ABUNDANCE OF RAIN. AND IT SAYS HERE IN THE uh, 46TH VERSE THAT THE HAND OF THE LORD WAS ON ELIJAH, AND HE GIRDED UP HIS LOINS AND RAN BEFORE AHAB TO THE ENTRANCE OF JEZREEL. THE TERM GIRDED UP YOUR LOINS, THESE PEOPLE WORE ROBES, AND SO WHAT A PERSON WOULD DO IS REACH BETWEEN THEIR LEGS AND GRAB THE BACK PART OF THEIR ROBE AND PULL IT UP BETWEEN THEIR LEGS AND TUCK IT INTO THEIR BELT THAT WENT AROUND THEIR WAIST, AND IT MADE, IN A SENSE, LIKE SHORTS OR SOMETHING SO THAT THEY COULD RUN AND WOULDN'T GET ENTANGLED IN THIS ROBE. AND SO HE GIRDED UP HIS LOINS, AND HE OUTRAN AHAB'S CHARIOT TO JEZREEL. DID YOU KNOW FROM MOUNT CARMEL TO JEZREEL WAS OVER 20 MILES, AND ELIJAH OUTRAN A CHARIOT THAT HAD A HEAD START. MAN, WHAT THIS IS SAYING IS THAT THE HAND OF THE LORD WAS UPON HIM. THIS WAS EITHER... I BELIEVE IT WAS PROBABLY SUPERNATURAL FOR A MAN TO RUN 20 MILES. YOU KNOW, PEOPLE DO THAT WHEN THEY RUN A MARATHON. THAT'S uh, 26.2 MILES, AND uh, THEY CAN RUN A MARATHON IN TWO HOURS AND SOMETHING, A PERSON THAT'S IN REALLY GOOD SHAPE. BUT THE AVERAGE PERSON TO COVER 20 MILES uh, WOULD TAKE A LONG PERIOD OF TIME. And, BUT ELIJAH OUTRAN A CHARIOT. WHAT THIS SAYS TO ME WAS, THAT HE WAS JUST SO PUMPED UP. HIS ADRENALINE WAS FLOWING. THE POWER OF GOD WAS ON HIM, AND HE RAN 20 MILES FASTER THAN A CHARIOT. 
could cover that distance pulled by horses. Man, this says that Elijah was pumped. He had had quite a day. He had met Ahab. He had called all of the prophets together. He had had this demonstration where they call fire down out of heaven. He had killed 850, either 450 or 850 prophets. Uh, and then he broke the drought over 1,200 days without any rain. And he did all of this under the power of God. I mean, this man had seen things happen that nobody else had ever done. You know, Moses was a tremendous, uh, powerful man of God, prophet of God, and God used him to do things that other people had never done. But Elijah had done things that Moses had never done. I mean, Moses never called for the end of a drought. Moses never brought fire out of heaven and, and consumed the sacrifice. Moses never saw a person raised from the dead, but Elijah had done all of those things. Moses never outran a chariot in a 20-mile race, but Elijah had done all of these things. And because of it, Elijah was just pumped. Man, he was hitting on all cylinders, and he outran Ahab all the way to Jezreel. You know, this is tremendous. And all of the things, Elijah came on the scene in 1 Kings chapter 17. So uh, chapter 17 talked about the ravens providing him with food and then him going to the widow of Zarephath and multiplying her food and raising her son from the dead. The 18th chapter talks about this duel between the prophets of Baal and Elijah, the prophet of God, and then him killing the prophets of Baal and then him ending the drought. All of these things are positive during these two chapters. And it was over a three and a half year period of time, and Elijah had been just perfect up to this time. But then in the next few verses, beginning with chapter 19, this talks about Elijah's downfall. Elijah had risen to a place that very few people ever recorded in Scripture had obtained. Just like I was saying, he had seen the dead raised, he had seen a drought end, he had seen fire come down from heaven, things that nobody else had ever seen. So he was a powerful man of God. But here's one of the points. I'm going to run out of time on today's broadcast, but beginning with tomorrow, I'm going to talk specifically about what led to Elijah's downfall. And one of the things that I'm going to be pointing out is that when you have seen a string of successes, like Elijah had. And when you see nothing but good things happen, you become your most vulnerable. And the reason for that is because when you have your back against the wall, and I mean, it looks like disaster, and if God doesn't come through, then you've had it. There's no way that you can survive. Even a person with a minimal commitment will turn to the Lord in a situation like that and cry out to God for help, and their faith and their attention will be upon God. But when everything is going good and you just have nothing but successes, and when you see God use you in a powerful way, it takes maturity and it takes a lot of humility to continue to be God-dependent. The temptation is that when everything is going good, you don't seek God the same. 
IF I COULD JUST MENTION THIS TO YOU, AND IF YOU WOULD BE HONEST, I BET YOU THAT MOST OF YOU WOULD SAY THAT WHEN YOUR BACK IS AGAINST THE WALL, WHEN YOU'RE IN TROUBLE, IS WHEN YOU SEEK THE LORD THE MOST, WHEN YOU PRAY THE MOST, WHEN YOU STUDY THE WORD, WHEN YOU GO TO CHURCH, BOY, YOU'RE FOCUSED ON GOD. YOU'LL TURN OFF YOUR FAVORITE SHOW, SPORTS, OTHER THINGS. YOU'LL QUIT DOING OTHER THINGS. YOU WILL FOCUS ON GOD BECAUSE YOU'RE IN A DESPERATE SITUATION. MOST PEOPLE WOULD HAVE TO SAY THAT THAT'S WHEN YOU SEEK THE LORD THE MOST. BUT WHEN EVERYTHING IS GOING GOOD, WHEN YOUR BODY'S HEALTHY, WHEN YOUR FINANCES ARE GOOD, YOUR RELATIONSHIPS ARE GOOD, WHEN EVERYTHING IN YOUR LIFE IS GOING GOOD, MOST PEOPLE TEND NOT TO SEEK THE LORD. THEY SEEK THE LORD WHEN THEY'RE IN TROUBLE. AND SO MY POINT IS THAT THE REAL uh, DANGER POINT IN YOUR LIFE ISN'T WHEN THINGS ARE GOING BAD. I'VE SEEN THESE LITTLE THINGS IN CHRISTIAN BOOKSTORES BEFORE THAT SAYS IF YOU SQUEEZE A LEMON, YOU'LL FIND WHAT IT'S REALLY MADE OF. WHATEVER COMES OUT UNDER PRESSURE IS WHAT, YOU KNOW, IS ON THE INSIDE. I I TEND TO DIFFER WITH THAT. I BELIEVE THAT, NO, IT'S MORE LIKE WHEN YOU, WHEN EVERYTHING IS GOING GOOD, THAT WILL REVEAL WHERE YOUR HEART REALLY IS. EVEN A PERSON WITH AN AVERAGE COMMITMENT TO THE LORD IN A TIGHT SITUATION WILL SEEK THE LORD BECAUSE THERE IS NO OTHER OPTION. THEY'RE DESPERATE, AND SO THEY TURN TO THE LORD OUT OF DESPERATION. BUT IT'S WHEN EVERYTHING IS GOING GOOD, WHEN THERE IS NO PRESSURE ON YOU, THAT REALLY REVEALS MORE WHAT IS IN YOUR HEART. AND THERE HAVE BEEN MORE PEOPLE DESTROYED THROUGH PROSPERITY THAN THERE EVER HAS THROUGH HARDSHIP. NOW, I'M NOT SAYING THAT HARDSHIP ISN'T A TEST OF WHERE YOUR HEART IS, BUT I'M SAYING THE GREATER TEST IS PROSPERITY, ABUNDANCE. AND IF YOU LOOK BACK THROUGH CHURCH HISTORY, I BELIEVE THAT YOU COULD VERIFY THAT, THAT EVERY TIME THE CHURCH HAS GONE THROUGH PERSECUTION AND THERE'S BEEN HARD TIMES THAT PEOPLE GET SERIOUS WITH GOD BECAUSE THEY KNOW THAT, MAN, THERE IS NO OTHER OPTION AND THERE TENDS TO BE REVIVAL AND GREAT THINGS HAPPEN. BUT PROSPERITY HAS KILLED MORE PEOPLE. IT HAS... IT HAS uh, WEAKENED THE FAITH OF MORE CHRISTIANS THAN HARDSHIP EVER HAS. I DON'T BELIEVE THAT GOD'S THE ONE THAT SENDS HARDSHIP. I BELIEVE THAT GOD WANTS TO BLESS US AND GIVE US THINGS. BUT THE SAD FACT IS WHEN PEOPLE ARE NOT UNDER PRESSURE, MOST OF THE TIME THEY DO NOT SEEK GOD. SO THAT'S ONE OF THE THINGS THAT WE LEARN HERE THROUGH ELIJAH. BUT IN THE 18TH CHAPTER, HE HAD HAD PROBABLY ONE OF THE GREATEST DAYS OF ANY PERSON Uh, IN HISTORY UP TO THAT POINT. HE HAD SEEN ALL OF THESE THINGS HAPPENING BECAUSE OF IT. HE WAS SO FIRED UP, HE COULD OUTRUN A CHARIOT IN A 20-MILE RACE. THAT'S AWESOME. BUT THEN HE FELL. I MEAN, HE WENT HIGHER THAN MOST PEOPLE HAVE EVER GONE, AND YET ELIJAH FELL DEEPER THAN MOST PEOPLE HAVE EVER FALLEN. YOU KNOW, THIS IS ONE OF THE THINGS THAT I LOVE ABOUT THE BIBLE. WHEN IT TELLS YOU THESE STORIES ABOUT PEOPLE, I'VE USED THIS VERSE BEFORE, BUT OVER IN 1 CORINTHIANS CHAPTER 10, ALL OF THESE THINGS WERE WRITTEN FOR OUR EXAMPLES THAT WE COULD LEARN THROUGH THEM. AND THE WORD OF GOD DOESN'T JUST PAINT A ROSY PICTURE AND SHOW YOU ONLY THE SUCCESSES OF THESE PEOPLE. IT SHOWS ELIJAH AS BEING A POWERFUL MAN OF GOD THAT DID THINGS NOBODY ELSE HAD EVER DONE UP UNTIL THIS POINT. AND YET IN THE 19TH CHAPTER, IT SHOWS HIS FALL. AND THERE ARE LESSONS TO LEARN THROUGH THIS. THERE ARE REASONS. IT EXPLAINS WHY HE FELL. I'M GOING TO GET INTO THIS ON TOMORROW'S BROADCAST IN MORE DETAIL. BUT WE CAN LEARN THROUGH THIS ABOUT HOW TO SUCCEED AND ALSO WE CAN RECEIVE WARNINGS ABOUT AT THE 
PEAK AT THE PINNACLE WHEN EVERYTHING IS GOING GOOD. YOU NEED TO BE SEEKING GOD AS MUCH OR MORE THAN YOU EVER HAVE IN YOUR LIFE BEFORE. I BELIEVE THAT THIS IS GOD SPEAKING THROUGH THESE SCRIPTURES AND SPEAKING THROUGH ME TO SOME PEOPLE WATCHING THIS PROGRAM RIGHT NOW THAT EVERYTHING MAY BE GOOD IN YOUR LIFE AND BECAUSE OF IT, YOU JUST DON'T FEEL THE DESPERATION AND THE NEED TO REALLY SEEK GOD WITH YOUR WHOLE HEART. BUT I'M TELLING YOU THAT YOU NEED TO BE SEEKING GOD WITH EVERYTHING YOU'VE GOT WHEN THINGS ARE GOOD. THAT IS THE GREATEST PERIOD OF TEMPTATION THAT YOU WILL EVER HAVE IN YOUR LIFE IS WHEN EVERYTHING'S GOING GOOD. YOU NEED TO LEARN THIS AT ELIJAH'S EXPENSE, NOT AT YOUR EXPENSE. WELCOME TO THE AWM MINUTE, A SMALL GLIMPSE ON HOW YOUR PARTNERSHIP WITH ANDREW WOMACK MINISTRIES AND Karis BIBLE COLLEGE IS RAISING DISCIPLES WHO ARE SPREADING THE GOSPEL AROUND THE WORLD. DISCIPLES LIKE JASON AND SARAH LUCAS, FULL-TIME MISSIONARIES WHO ARE REACHING THE NORTHERN ARAPAHO PEOPLE OF WYOMING WITH THE MESSAGE OF GOD'S UNCONDITIONAL LOVE AND GRACE. RIGHT HERE IN OUR BACKYARDS, YOU'VE GOT A HURTING, BROKEN, LOST PEOPLE. WE'RE TALKING ABOUT 3% CLAIM TO BE BORN AGAIN ON THIS RESERVATION. AND I JUST REMEMBER THE LORD SAYING ONE TIME TO ME, I'VE NOT FORGOTTEN THEM, AND I'VE NOT FORSAKEN THEM. OUR HEART IS SHOW THEM THE LOVE OF JESUS, SHOW THEM THE FREEDOM OF JESUS, SHOW THEM THAT THEY CAN LIVE THIS LIFE STILL HAVING THEIR CULTURE, BUT KNOWING WHO THEIR FATHER IS, KNOWING JESUS. THANK YOU, FRIENDS AND PARTNERS, FOR ENABLING US TO TAKE THIS MESSAGE TO OTHER CULTURES. TO SEE THE LUCAS FAMILY DESTINY STORY, GO TO AWMI.NET TODAY. Andrew's complete series titled Lessons from Elijah is available in either a CD or DVD album, a book in either English or Spanish, or in a study guide. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. Once again, I'd like to encourage you to please get this teaching that I have on Lessons from Elijah. I have it in book form in English and in Spanish. AND THEN I HAVE A STUDY GUIDE THAT IS THE SAME MATERIAL, JUST FORMATTED SO THAT YOU CAN TEACH A BIBLE STUDY OR A SUNDAY SCHOOL CLASS. AND THEN WE HAVE CD'S AND DVD'S ON THIS. AND I PROMISE YOU, THIS TEACHING HAS MADE A HUGE IMPACT IN MY LIFE. I BELIEVE IT WILL YOURS TOO. YOU CAN GET THESE PRODUCTS AS PART OF THE LESSONS PACKAGE, WHICH INCLUDES TWO BOOKS, LESSONS FROM ELIJAH AND LESSONS FROM DAVID, AND THREE ALBUMS IN YOUR CHOICE OF EITHER CD OR DVD. Lessons from Elijah, Lessons from David, and Lessons from Joseph. These teachings will give you the chance to learn from the successes and mistakes of three very powerful but very human men of God. The Lessons Package has a catalog value of $135, but you can receive all of these valuable resources today for just $95. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get these products. Today, Andrew's book, Lessons from Elijah, is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide this book to you 
free of charge. We want to say a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible to put free ministry materials into the hands of many people in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. Ready to get more out of God's Word than ever before? We gladly announce the Andrew Womack Living Commentary. This continuously updated Living Commentary is now available exclusively as a download for both Mac and Windows at awmi.net.